It's HSK Today, a weekly in-depth look at the Henderson Silver Knights and the AHL with your host, Brian McCormick. And here we go on a beautiful Thursday afternoon. This is HSK Today. Brian McCormick here. You there. Doug Marsh is on the other side of the glass as we get ready for horse hockey and two games this weekend in Bakersfield against the Bakersfield Condors. Hello, friends. Great to have you with us. Uh, It is a travel day for the HSK, so another one of our pre-recorded shows. But luckily for us, plenty of news is broken this morning already that will impact the Silver Knights this weekend. That includes uh, a coaching change in Edmonton, the impact of which will be felt in Bakersfield, where the Silver Knights are headed this afternoon. So we'll discuss a little bit of that and some of the other uh, roster uh, rearrangements Bakersfield has experienced over the last couple of weeks, really, and that includes an Olympic impact with Adam Cracknell, so we shall discuss. Uh, as the Silver Knights get ready to, to take on one of their tougher stretches of hockey in terms of travel this season, they're going to play their next six on the road, and they're going to play 12 of their next 15 away from the Orleans Arena. They're going to be rewarded for all this road hockey uh, at the end of the year when they'll play 10 of their last 12 contests at the brand-new Dollar Loan Center. But for now, for the Silver Knights, certainly a a challenge uh, to keep pace in what has become a rather cluttered Pacific Division, especially uh, in that 3-4-5 spot. So we will discuss. We're going to hear from Silver Knights videographer Dallas Creel. We thought that might be fun just to to shake things up a little bit. Uh, All the videos you see on the Silver Knights social channels. Well, Dallas makes just about all of them and uh, can give us a little insight into, well, what his job entails, how he comes up with the ideas he does for his shoots, and uh, how he always seems to be in the right place at the right time. So we'll discuss all of that uh, this afternoon uh, and uh, get you ready for what, again, is going to be two two challenging contests for the Silver Knights against really one of the hottest teams in the Western Conference, the Bakersfield Condors. Now, uh, I think as we saw with the the Vegas Golden Knights over the last two nights, uh, a shutout win in Edmonton, a shutout loss in Calgary, uh, nobody comes back from a lengthy all-star break and just picks up immediately where they left off. There's going to be some good, some bad, some cobwebs that you knock off easily, some rust that you have to chip away a little bit more fervently. But uh, for the Henderson Silver Knights, they do enter this weekend winning four of their last five, including back-to-back victories over the San Jose Barracuda that were both done in comeback fashion. Uh, For the Bakersfield Condors, they've been a little bit better than that. They're 4-0-1 in their last five. They're 8-1-1 in their last ten. And because of that surge, much like the discussion we had uh, two weeks back with the Colorado Eagles, this is a Bakersfield team that has just rushed up into the top three of the Pacific Division standings right now, even with the Silver Knights, both teams with 43 points. Bakersfield does have one game in hand. So the Condors and Silver Knights pretty much neck and neck. Uh, And both of them, in terms of points percentage, are ahead of the Colorado Eagles. The Colorado Eagles uh, have played five more games than Henderson, six more games than the Condors. So that gives just a sense of where we're at. Bakersfield third, Henderson fourth, Colorado fifth in the Pacific, all trailing the Ontario Reign and Stockton Heat, who have both, again, pulled uh, rather comfortably ahead, uh, though they have played uh, a couple more games in both Henderson and Bakersfield as well. But this is a, an important stretch uh, for the Silver Knights in, in more ways than one. Again, keeping pace in the Pacific and, and winning hockey games against a good hockey team. The Bakersfield Condors, I, I talked to Mason Primo, Primo about this earlier this week. 
it's kind of strange because last year the Silver Knights saw them 10 times in a 39-game regular season uh, and then three times in the playoffs in addition to that. So it really felt like you were seeing the Condors every five minutes for the Silver Knights. This is their first visit to Bakersfield this season. We're in mid-February, and it's their first visit to Bakersfield. So it feels a little strange. Uh, and, and for those of you wondering why it took so long, there was one game scheduled to be played in Bakersfield earlier this year. It was in uh, December uh, that was postponed because of the uh, the COVID complications going around the league. So that, that's why it's taken this long, but it still feels a little bizarre that uh, it's taken this long for uh, these two teams to meet at Mechanics Bank Arena. So for the, you know, for the Silver Knights, it's going to be playing against a team that has historically played them uh, very well. Silver Knights are uh, five, seven, and one all time against Bakersfield. That's not counting the playoffs last year, uh, but they are two and one against Bakersfield this season. The three games played at the Orleans, and, and the one loss that the Silver Knights suffered was uh, a goal that was scored with five seconds left in regulation. That was the difference maker. Uh, if everyone remembers the Nevada Day game, uh, the the morning affair, that was a, a rough way to start the morning for the Silver Knights, losing a game with five seconds left on the clock. But that was a Bakersfield team that was struggling at the time. It was it was kind of scuffling along. Uh, they, they've certainly found their, their stride, uh, and they've done it behind uh, the play of Seth Griffith, who's been an AHL All-Star before, AHL veteran. And when I say AHL All-Star, I mean like an AHL uh, League All-Star. In 2015-16, he was a first-team league-wide AHL All-Star uh, when he was a member of the Providence, Providence Bruins. He's the kind of player that they were hoping to lean on, uh, and boy, has he been fantastic. He has points in. Hang on, let me let me do the, the, the live math for you. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 11 of the last 12 games, he has points. And in that span, he has 2, 4, 7, 8, 9. I know me doing math and counting on the air is not the most exciting thing, but bear with me, folks. 15, 19, 20. 22 points in the last 12 games. So Seth Griffith has absolutely been a player uh, that is really in the race for the MVP right now uh, for the Condors. And and the Condors, we we mentioned uh, some breaking news this morning. They are going to be a tad less complete than they have been during this 10-game run uh, and in, in some more significant ways than one. Reports are out this morning that the Edmonton Oilers have parted ways with head coach Dave Tippett. Uh, and again, this is a this is a show we're recording this morning, so you'll you'll be hearing this a couple hours after uh, I'm speaking now. But uh, perhaps some things will be confirmed then that are not yet confirmed. But all the reports out uh, are that Jay Woodcroft is going to be promoted uh, to head coach, or at least uh, I'm not sure if he's promoted to head coach full time or if it's an interim situation. But uh, the the reports right now are that Jay Woodcroft is going to be moving behind the bench for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Elliot Friedman was out with that earlier this morning, and he's, he's only one of a, of a few who have had uh, that information. But Jay Wood, uh, Elliot Friedman announced it as Jay Woodcroft is the new head coach in Edmonton, so uh, he did not mention an interim tag. Regardless, what it does mean is that uh, one, of the, one of the best coaches in the Western Conference really over the last uh, few seasons uh, is, is now going to be uh, getting the call up. And, and with that, how do the uh, Bakersfield Condors respond now, if you're a good team with veteran leaders, and we know that the Condors are, you don't expect that there needs to be a tremendous uh, adjustment that they can kind of pick up, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see how their 
coaching staff is uh, is restructured. Uh, they do have Colin Chalk as a defenseman. Uh, he has been a, uh, a coach in the ECHL before and an AHL assistant for a bit now. So, you know, he's uh, certainly capable of, of grabbing the reins if that's what they decide to do. Uh, Dave Manson's also been with the team since 2018. Uh, Colin Chalk was named an assistant at the start of, of this season. So it, he's a much more recent addition uh, is Colin Chalk. Uh, but was an assistant with Belleville prior and the Brampton Beast and Fort Wayne Comets, Kalamazoo Wings before that. So, uh, again, we'll, we'll see what, what the Oilers and, and Condors decide to do to adjust. But without question, that, that's a bit of a, uh, a curveball thrown into the middle of your season if you're the Bakersfield Condors uh, and the Edmonton Oilers as, as an organization for that matter. So that, that'll be something that the Condors will be adjusting to on the fly. Again, this happened this morning. These two teams will meet tomorrow night. So a, a lot of moving pieces right now in Bakersfield. Uh, we'll see how they're able to adjust. This is, again, a, a veteran team with the likes of Brad Malone and, and Seth Griffith. This is, this is a, a team that has veteran presence. One of the veterans that they're not going to have is Adam Cracknell because Adam Cracknell is right now with the Canadian Olympic team. Uh, and, uh, again, Adam Cracknell continues to uh, do cool things as an old guy, basically, in the American Hockey League as he leads the uh, Condors in game-winning goals, having another really, really good season uh, and now getting a chance to check the Olympics uh, off his bucket list. And for those of you who, are, again, we've talked about this before, Adam Cracknell was a member of the uh, Las Vegas Wranglers back in 2006, 2007, and 2007, 2008. So uh, that, that's how far back his professional career goes. When he, was, when he started in the AHL, he, he started with the Omaha Axar Ben Knights. Omaha Axar Ben Knights, the, the, I don't know, the original Knights in the American Hockey League. Um, that, that's how far back his career goes. He's 36 years old uh, and playing in the Olympics. So cool for uh, Adam Cracknell, who had an assist in his first Olympic game with Canada. But that's another significant, significant piece that the Condors are going to be without. So can the Silver Knights take advantage of uh, the, the flux situation that uh, the Condors are currently undergoing? We will find out. Uh, but but certainly it's going to be important for the Silver Knights to 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 have a, a good showing in Bakersfield, uh, not only to keep pace with the teams in the division. Again, it's a head-to-head situation against a team that they're looking to catch and, and looking to, to create some distance against in the Pacific. But for Bakersfield, it's also for them their first game back from the break, just like Henderson, their first game back from the All-Star break. They played their last two games on home ice. So combining before the break and after the break, yes, there's a, there's a gap there that kind of makes that irrelevant. But just for the sake of, of numbers, the Condors are playing a stretch of seven consecutive games on home ice. So even discounting the, the games before All-Star break, five straight games on home ice for the Condors, while the Silver Knights are playing 12 of their next 15 on the road. That's going to be a challenge. And as much as the Silver Knights are going to relish the fact that they have 10 of their last 12 games at home, what a great situation to have. Uh, when In the last weeks of the season when you're jockeying for position and trying to either you know, push to, to make up ground, to, to get a better seating, or, you know, who knows what can happen in a couple of months. Those could be important games just for making the playoffs at all, for all we know. Uh, they're going to enjoy that when the time comes. But in order to have 10 games in 12 at home at the end, that means you got to play a lot of road hockey somewhere, and for the Silver Knights, that's right now. So if the Silver Knights struggle, have some issues on the road, uh, and let's also not forget the, the, the road hockey that we're talking about, uh, not, not easy road hockey. 
After this Condors trip, the Silver Knights are after that going to go to Loveland and face the Colorado Eagles. And we saw last week just how good the Eagles are. Then they'll go to Tucson, a Tucson team that's struggling. That could be an opportunity for the Silver Knights. Home for three against a very good Ontario team, a struggling San Diego team. And then on the road, two in Ontario, that's tough. Two in Iowa, that's tough. Two in San Diego. Uh, Again, a San Diego team that's struggling, but we saw earlier this year how hard it is to win, uh, especially more than once at Pechanga Arena. So for the Silver Knights, it's a really, really tough stretch. Uh, and a stretch that they're capable of, but it's, it's certainly a stretch that's going to test their mettle. Uh, if we thought that the Stockton-Ontario five-game stretch was a, a, a chance to, to, to reveal a little bit about what this team had, this is going to reveal something as well. Not only how the team can, can play on the road and can they build up some callus, uh, to become an even better road team than what they have been to this point. Uh, and to this point, the Silver Knights, they've, they've been a good road team. Uh, their, their road record this season is 8-7-2. Not, not great, but, but head above water. If you can play slightly better than 500 on the road and take care of business at home, you're going to be in a good position at the end of the year. That right now is what the Silver Knights have been doing. Uh, they're going to want a little bit better than 500 over the course of these next uh, 15 games. There's going to be a lot of hockey against teams that they are directly chasing. Uh, and again, in those situations, if you're winning, you're making up ground. If you're losing, you're, you're, you're losing ground at double the speed uh, against a Bakersfield team that has a lot of home hockey and has the ball in their court a little bit as they've won eight of their last ten. So uh, really significant for the Silver Knights to, to have a good stretch here. Uh, and it'll all get started at Mechanics Bank Arena tomorrow night. Looking back for the Silver Knights prior to the break, first of all, right now, this, this is a, one of the healthier Silver Knights teams that we have seen. Uh, as right now, just about everybody looks to, to be in the fold. Caden Korzak uh, is in the fold. Pavel Dorofiev was, uh, missed the game on uh, Thursday of last week, right before the, the break. It was the first game he's missed this season. That seemed to be a day-to-day situation. He uh, should be back and, and ready to go for this weekend in, in Bakersfield, so that's good news for the Silver Knights. Uh, they're still without Jermaine Lowen. They're still without Colt Conrad. Uh, both of those players look like they're still going to be a little bit. Uh, Exciting for the Silver Knights. Uh, Leighton Ahak activated right at the end of uh, the the week before the All-Star break. He actually took warm-ups on Thursday night, but with no expectation of playing. But Leighton Ahak, who has been out all season with an upper body injury that he uh, sustained in the summer, had to have a procedure on it. Uh, He is now available to the Silver Knights and ready to go, so they get even fuller on the back end so it's a it's a healthier looking silver knights team uh and when we talk about health that also includes gage quinney who's been back uh for a couple of weeks now but the silver knights have been very very cautious in handling gage quinney uh and making sure that they don't bring him back too quickly or or too strenuously uh they they were able to give him a little bit more rope last week he played back-to-back games for the first time since uh the first week of december uh and what would gage quinney do he did this. Two seconds and one. McCaution's out of the box, and we're back to five on five. San Jose power play is 0 for 5. Silver Knights a two on one. Quinney and Primo. Quinney scores! Right after the end of the San Jose power play, Quinney and Primo on a two on one rush, and from the right wing, Gage Quinney takes it himself. For his second of the night, a four-point game for Gage Quinney, and the Silver Knights have a 5-2 lead. 
Gage Quinney with a four-point night, the first four-point night for any Silver Knight in the regular season, the second four-point game for a Silver Knight uh, in franchise history overall. Last year in the playoffs against Bakersfield, Dylan Secura had a four-point contest, uh, but for Gage Quinney, just, a, just an explosive performance. Uh, and for some of the things that the Silver Knights seem to be trying to do uh, against the San Jose Barracuda, uh, and Zachary Sawchenko to get him moving, to have quick puck retrievals, to keep the pressure on. Uh, according to May Viveros, that, that was what they wanted to do. And as May Viveros kind of alluded to after the game, uh, a lot of that effort was was the product of uh, of Gage Quinney's success that night. Here's what May Viveros had to say after the game. Yeah, and that that's just going to help us out here. Like he's uh, Gage's health is uh, back to 100, percent and uh, so you no, know, we've been monitoring him. They've done a wonderful job as far as making sure that he's been fresh to play games. And uh, now, you know, going forward for the second part of the season here, uh, we expect him when we play back to back, he'll be back in the lineup. For maybe maybe Gage's first goal was the best example of it, but you guys did a really good job of of keeping Zach Sawchenko moving. He didn't get set for a lot of the second opportunities you guys had. Was that part of the game plan? Yeah, well, we've been working on uh, you know over the last week here is that when we shoot pucks, we want to get back, retrieve them, and then reattack as quick as possible. So there's no second guessing. We know the pucks going to the net, so let's be around that net area. Um, you know, even though uh, Gage was away from the net though, but by having the goaltender out of position, you know, it, it enables him to have a, you know. Not an easy shot on that, but a, an opportunity to put the puck towards the net. And you, if you put the puck towards the net, you're gonna good things are gonna happen. Last night, Paul Cotter had what ended up being the game-winning goal right after a penalty kill tonight. Gage Quinney scores right after a penalty kill. Coincidental, or were you guys? feeding off those follow-up shifts well i i think anytime a penalty is just over with that's the perfect time to attack you know because other team is maybe at the end of their power play a little bit tired and at times maybe disappointed and that's the time you, if you get an opportunity to strike as quick as possible so you want to get those guys out there that are fresh right off a penalty kill and attack as quick as possible not to look too far ahead but you guys have this all-star break and then 12 of the next 15 are going to be on the road was it particularly important to take advantage of home points now when you had the opportunity no certainly that's something we wanted to establish again uh, you know a, a strong home ice advantage when we're at home here and uh, we know we're going to be on the road for quite a while here but for us that we're fine with that too we play just as well at, on the road as we do at home here so uh, it's going to be good for us uh, to get away for a little bit on the road together and uh, it's always a good time for the team to bond and uh, yeah we've got a tough schedule coming up but we're, we're can't wait for the challenge. And that was head coach Manny Vivero. So the idea that the Silver Knights can have uh, Gage Quinney at their disposal regularly, consistently, uh, that's going to be such a huge factor for them going forward. And uh, no question against a, a Condors team that uh, even, even with some of the key cogs that they're missing that we've discussed, this is a team that is a good puck possession team, a team that that thrives when they're pinning you in your own zone and wearing you down shift after shift. The quick up ability, the speed, the the ability to, to create open space uh, off the rush that Gage Quinney provides uh, is going to be significant at Mechanics Bank Arena this weekend. We'll hop out when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the behind the scenes of Silver Knight's content production as we catch up with Dallas Creel. That's straight ahead on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. Back on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you. Silver Knights fans, be the first to experience a whole new era of Big West basketball. Gather your friends and pack the brand new Dollar Loan Center in Henderson for the 2022 Hercules Tires Big West Basketball Championships presented by the Hawaiian Islands. 20 men's and women's teams take the court March 8th through 12th fighting to take the Big West to the next level. Order now at thedollarloancenter.com slash Big West Tickets. That's 
thedollarloancenter.com slash bigwesttickets or call 702-645-4259, 702-645-4259 and get your tickets for Big West Basketball at the DLC. Well, we're back on HSK today and as the Silver Knights get ready for their trip to Bakersfield to take on the Condors and resume the, uh, well, the second half of their schedule, game number 36 of 68 will be uh, tomorrow night in Bakersfield. Uh, we are joined by someone who's with the Silver Knights on every road trip, and that is the team's videographer, Mr. Dallas Creel, uh, now working in his second season, his first full season, I suppose, but his second season with the team. And uh, Dallas, thanks for taking a few minutes because I think a lot of people would be very curious uh, what your day-to-day tasks entail. So uh, I'm sure you're happy to share with us what makes uh what makes your job so fun yeah no thanks for having me on i got a text this morning from you that kind of threw me off i was packing for the trip and uh halfway down the road and forgot my pants so a little nervous uh, at first but thanks for having me on uh i mean this job is awesome i've always wanted to be involved with professional sports i've been taking classes since high school regarding this field and you know i think graduating into the real world this is what i knew i wanted to do so i'm grateful to be able to do this for henderson uh, bought my first home here. Um, you know, lived out. My aunts lived out here for years, so it means very a lot to me to be able to kind of, you know, be with this team and in this area. We're with Dallas Creel, and I really don't want to bury the lead. So let's let's take a step back while we have the chance. How did you get halfway down the road without your pants? <laughs> I packed two suits for uh, back-to-back road trips when we have on the weekend. I packed two suits. Uh, I packed the same pair of pants. It's just kind of a tradition. And uh, obviously I'm wearing pants, but my suit pants for tomorrow night and Saturday were in my dresser. So I had to go back. I was thrown off a little bit. I didn't know I was going to get a little bit of time here on the radio. So uh, a little starstruck, I guess. See, that's the beauty. On radio, I can wear whatever I want. Nobody knows. And for you being on the other side of the camera, I guess the same rule applies. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of fans in our audience who maybe they're photographers, videographers as a hobby. It's something they enjoy doing. Uh, I imagine that's probably at the very, very beginning how you got started as well. Uh, how, how did you transition from something you enjoyed doing to something that you wanted to do professionally in a, in a profession that has very high standards? Yeah, uh, I was fortunate actually just to have the instructors that I did throughout high school and college to kind of guide me in that direction. Um, I was, it was funny because in high school I was part of a Emmy Award winning sports broadcasting high school team, a junior, a Rocky, uh, Rocky Mountain Emmy Awards um, out in Gilbert, Arizona. So uh, I had an con- instructor there, Brian Bernier, that was able to kind of lead me to this profession and um, got to the university uh, here in Vegas. And John Casanino was able to kind of you know, take me under his wing and also do the same. So two very, very uh, fantastic people were able to kind of guide me through, um, you know, from the bottom to here in professional sports. Uh, I've been with the Raiders, the Las Vegas Aces, um, have done free, like a one project there for the lights, uh, the USL team, um, VGK, HSK, now Nighthawks are starting up, UNLV hockey. Uh, I mean, I've been around the block, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, I, I think I, I think I just kind of was dedicated to the craft. I was a high school football player um, getting recruited by kind of smaller schools. Didn't really feel like taking those kinds of offers. So I decided to kind of pursue my passion in film and um, came here to Vegas to, to do that. And very fortunate that I did because uh, there was no sports teams once I graduated college. And all of a sudden now there's everything wanting to come to Vegas. So I picked the best spot possible. And, you know, it's just been a blessing to kind of be out here and uh, be able to experience the stuff that I have. 
We're with Silver Knights videographer Dallas Creel. We're, we're going to get to a little bit of everything because, as mentioned, uh, you've, you've shot a lot of different sports. I mean, you know, let, let's go to that right now because I hear this all the time from a broadcast perspective. Oh, you know, I used to call football in high school or basketball here, but I could never call hockey. It's, it's way too fast. I never understand that, but it's because I'm kind of zoned out while I'm calling it. From a shooting perspective, though, Shooting hockey has to be really fast. It has to be something that either not all videographers can do or it takes some practice to get it right. Yeah, yeah. You get a lot of people in the field kind of, uh, you know, expressing themselves and like, oh, I got this. You know, I, I know all these things. It's like, well, okay, well, come to the rink and let's shoot some hockey and let's see, you know, what you really got under your belt. But, no, it takes a, it takes a while to get used to it. Definitely come, not coming from this background at all. Obviously, Arizona is the desert. So, you know, much like Vegas uh, maybe four years ago, uh, Vegas, but uh, much like Vegas in a sense where there wasn't a lot of ice, you know, I don't, I never grew around, you know, people who skated. I never grew around people who played hockey. Uh, I do come from the land of Austin Matthews. So maybe, you know, that's uh, not the truest statement, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I never thought I would get into as much as I did until the, the Golden Knights came to town. All of a sudden started working with the UNLV hockey team on the side to just kind of shoot some social media videos. You know, it's not, wasn't much of anything. Um, and then I really started enjoying it, you know, and then all of a sudden I found my way uh, into the VGK year one um, with uh, Sage Sammons, who's, you know, obviously the director of communications over there, um, was able to kind of, you know, get a shot in that department. And I, I you know, I left there after my internship ended and I, every class presentation, every, you know, project that we had to speak to in class, I always said, I will graduate and be a video producer with the Vegas Golden Knights. Got laughed at, you know, paper airplanes thrown at me, all that jazz. You know, no one really took me seriously, but, you know, I, I was able to graduate, uh, unfortunately, into Corona, uh, the coronavirus pandemic. But I was able to graduate and then find my way through a job listing that opened up with the Henderson Silver Knights. And, you know, I I was able to kind of uh, manifest that and, and be able to kind of pursue that, you know. But... Uh, all those years to shoot in hockey, I think I'm finally starting to do something right nowadays. <laughs> With videographer and paper airplane catcher Dallas Creel, there's there's more than two elements to your job, but let's simplify it by delineating it into game action filming and feature filming. And let's start with the game action filming. Uh, you're not just pointing and shooting. And I think one of the best examples of this is the, the goal that Ben Jones scored in Stockton, the overtime goal. He's looking right at you in the corner, uh, like basically making eye contact with the camera. The reason I bring that up is, is because you traveling with the team, getting to know the guys more so this year in a less COVID stringent season, uh, you have to form a bond, a relationship with these players. You're not just shooting them like it's a nature documentary. You have to know these guys and, and build some sort of bond, uh, and that takes time. Yeah, no, it's, I've been very fortunate to travel this year. Last year was obviously the way it was because of the restrictions that we had, but this year it opened up uh, my, my, my job a little bit, which is fantastic. And that relationship is funny because, you know, I, I probably will use that same clip for years to come. Uh, it was one of the most special moments, you know, that I've been able to capture because we were – the, I mean, they had, the team snapped the the ten game win streak that the Stockton Heat were on. Um, obviously, it's a very special moment uh, to go into you know their home and do that. And you know, Jonesy saw me in the corner and just immediately you know immediately reacted. And he told me that after the game um, when we were in the locker room, and then uh, a couple of days uh, when we were actually in Stockton this this uh, past time, uh, he said, "I got you, Dallas." There. 
I'm going to score tonight. I'm going to score tonight. I'm going to find you. And sure enough, the game went exactly the same way the, the last one did. We went and um, we went <laughs> and he, he told me, he's like, hey, uh, if I score this overtime winner, I'm going to do the exact same thing all over again. I said, I'm, I'm here for it. So I went to the exact same panel of glass, exact same corner, everything. And Jonas Romberg actually came and uh, cut inside and very, very similar finish, very similar finish. It was almost, you know, deja vu in a sense. And I, it, was, it was really funny. But, no, they always kind of come at me with stuff like, hey, did you get that on camera? Did you do this? I'm like, guys, I, ha- I am one guy. I am shooting everything, you know. Like, I, I can't capture all of it. But the, those relationships are really special to be able to, you know, form that bond and kind of, you know, get them to play along. Just to give people a sense, you're not just shooting. When you shoot, you also have to edit it. You have to put it together. And, and you know, maybe not everyone can relate to video editing, but everyone can relate to, to writing, whether it be a birthday card or an essay or something, conquering the blank page. There's a blank page for a video producer, too. So let's pick, let's pick a recent feature that just went out for the HSK Social, the, the mini sticks feature. Give people an idea from conceptualization to hitting send on the social platforms. What goes into that shoot? It's not a 10-minute project for you. No, for sure. I think um, the biggest thing is telling story, whether that be no matter, you know, what feature you're doing, whether it's a feature story, whether it even is the overtime winner of, you know, Ben Jones scoring that to celebrate and all that stuff. You, you have to have a beginning, middle and end to everything. Um, you know, and I think that's definitely something I've learned over the years is storytelling is, is huge in anything that you do. So, I mean, when you look at the uh, mini sticks competition, it, it, it started maybe with Ben Jones going and um, you know, capturing that moment of just him saying, oh, I'm going to go put a curve on this blade. And I was like, I don't know if that's possible. It's a plastic mini stick, but, you know, let's see what we got. So, you know, just started recording and a f- really funny little piece uh, pre-competition. Uh, and, you know, that was my beginning. The competition was the end and, you know, them kind of saying, you know, I can't stop that. You know, it's it, you kind of got to you take what you can get with you know their candid reactions and i think that's the best way to go about it but storytelling no matter what you're doing in this field is is vital to master or else you know you won't really get that um you won't really get the final product that i think the fans love with videographer dallas creel there's a mix between in the features you do the the silly and the serious and as we mentioned part of the job is getting to know the players part of it it's almost like casting for a movie you need to know who's going to fit the character that you need for the serious and the silly yeah and i think you know that goes back to what we were talking about prior with the relationships to the players i think that's the biggest part um my job is you know player trust player relationship because it's they're here to do a job and that's to win hockey games and you know and and that's just professional athletes as a whole but you know if we can get a little silly side of something or you know maybe a little bit more emotional pull out of somebody when you know doing videos like the barbershop video to um you know kind of pay respects to manny beaveros's uh fight but you know you kind of have to get to know these guys first before you can pick and choose you know who's right for which uh video and i think that being able to be on the road and being able to be behind the scenes, you know, on the bench at practice here, you know, even on the games and, uh, and stuff, it's it's knowing these guys that, you know, beyond hockey, um, that really helps my job. And, you know, I carry that going forward into uh, what I try to produce for this team is, you know, try to showcase the fans, you know, what are they like behind, you know, the scenes? What are What is Ben Jones like? What is Logan Thompson like off the ice? You know, I think that's, it's almost like my due diligence to do that for the fans. 
You might have heard Dallas just now mention the barbershop video, and you're saying to yourself, what is he talking about? Well, that's a very effective tease. That'll be coming out soon. And uh, over the next couple of weeks, keep an eye on uh, Silver Knight Social because that's going to be one of the cooler videos that, that comes out in the very near future. Uh, to that point, Dallas, I, I wonder, do you have a, uh, a favorite? You've worked on a lot of projects in a very short window of time, less than a calendar year. Have, have you had any that are your favorites or, or uh, any series that you're excited to do more of? Yeah, I think um, Mount Up was my baby. I, I, I nurture that like a child, you know. I don't know. It's um, When I interviewed back in uh, 20, oh gosh, 2020. Wow, it's been a while. Uh, when I interviewed back in 2020, um, I came and, you know, wanted to start a series that would be almost a docu-type series on the road to where it's like, um, you know, everything behind the scenes that you could think of, you know, getting on the bus, bus ride, airports, um, stuff that the fans aren't, you know, able to see, you know, I, I look at that in a sense of uh, a great, a great opportunity to kind of showcase to our fans, you know, um, what they're, what they aren't able to see off the ice. And um, that's something that uh, it's called Mount Up. I don't know if I mentioned the name, but it's something that I've been able to kind of maybe produce this year now that I've been have a little bit more freedom to travel with the team and, and be that way. But, you know, I took a step back uh, this last road trip, wanted to reimagine it, um, and I think going forward, definitely going to make it a little bit more long form, a more encompassing type piece, and um, something that you know, hopefully the fans enjoy to be able to see. You know, I, I hope that after the video is done, like, wow, that's cool. You know, like that's what I uh, hope to gather out of the the audience there, and you know, showcase a little bit to the fans what we're able to go through on the road. With videographer Dallas Creel. Now, all players have a different comfort level being filmed. And, you know, there's a difference between playing a hockey game and just knowing that there are cameras on you and actually doing something for the cameras. So, twofold. First of all, which players really seem to enjoy it, seem to, to like the shtick? Uh, and secondly, which players do you find from uh, interactions with the fan base are in highest demand uh, to be on camera a little bit more often? I think one player in specific is uh, can maybe be both answers logan thompson is always itching to be on camera and whatnot but uh i think uh logan thompson jack dugan paul cotter will say he what he isn't that way but he is uh he always kind of itches to be on scene i mean even if i'm not doing a piece on a guy he always finds his way into the video in, in some sort so um those three are definitely more the character type guys that are just goofballs you know especially getting around uh, in a group together, it's almost hard to make a video because <laughs> they're, you know, all screwing around and stuff, which is fantastic to see, obviously, uh, the camaraderie in the room. But um, no, those guys in specific are for sure guys that are definitely, uh, definitely have to look over your shoulder if they're throwing something in, into, the sh into the scene or something of that nature. But um, they're always doing something to kind of get a little face time. Dallas, it's almost uh, by law as we approach uh, April and the opening of the Dollar Loan Center. We're all excited about it, but I, I imagine you have excitement for it from a different perspective. It's another story you get to tell, uh, but also I walk around the building and I say, okay, this is where I get to do my broadcast from. This is where we'll do interviews, whatever. You look at the building and say, like, well, where am I shooting from in this building? So is, is it a building that you're excited to, to, to stake out your territory? Hundred percent. Yeah, I think uh, at the Orleans currently, it's hard to kind of maybe be adventurous. Um, there's only a few spots that you can maybe shoot from, but this new building, I, it's a brand new playground, right? I mean, you're able to kind of go around and showcase uh, the building as a whole to get these new angles and um, fresh glass is what I'm excited about. No, no more streaks in the glass or anything like that. You know, it's just going to be fantastic and um, very quaint. Obviously, we've been through there plenty of times to kind of see the building and 
you know, we both have, have the same admiration for it. It's a very quaint, very compact building. So that adds the atmosphere, which makes my job easier to shoot the fans when they're going crazy after a goal. That adds to the players, you know, behavior after a goal. They're going crazy and nuts. So it's just going to be a absolutely perfect place to shoot hockey, perfect place to watch them play hockey. You know, I, I, I'm super excited for April uh, come Dallas, you're like me in the sense you've got a job like mine. It's one of those pinch yourself, this is a job, really. Like we just have fun every day and we enjoy hockey. Uh, having said that, there's also not a lot of job openings for what we do. It's hyper competitive. So I'm sure there's someone in our audience uh, who likes to wield a camera and would someday like to have a job a lot like yours. Uh, I imagine you would have some advice on how to, how to fight your way through and, and uh, get an opportunity. Yeah, gosh, I, I mean, that's kind of what I live for. You know, I'm I, I on the side, actually, I, I am the social media manager for UNLV Hockey and um, was able to hire on a full team this this summer to kind of honestly to kind of take my job away from me, you know, and I was able to hire some young kids that, you know, hopefully I was able to give a little back to. Um, I, you know, at the beginning of this chat, we were kind of talking about kind of mentors and myself and of past instructors, but I always look to kind of put people in the right place. Um, I mean, one of my interns from UNLV Hockey now just actually um, was able to apply uh, to the position to be a intern for our video production team here in Henderson. So, you know, I was able to kind of see the skill set that he had and I knew at his age and his skill set that it was time for, you know, the next level. And, and you know, and that's what I kind of look out for for all the younger generation because, you know, I, to be honest with you, I didn't really have that kind of help in terms of the exact person in my role, my position, my job, you know, the current job that I'm in now to kind of tell me what to do. You know, there's a lot of people that don't even know where to start. There's a lot of people that don't know how to get to where they want to be. And I've been, had some lunches, lunches with some people uh, recently to kind of showcase where they, what they need to do, what, what they need to kind of accomplish and work on and um, people to put themselves in front of. And, you know, this is by no means a personal shout out uh, or a platform to promote myself. But like, if you could find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, please reach out. I, I always respond. I always, um, you know, am able to help the younger generation. So I, it's by no means, uh, you're not going to bother me. I, I, I welcome it. So please uh, reach out to me with any questions. All right. So any young videographers looking for a mentor, Dallas Creel, K-R-E-I-L, track him down. He's happy to help. And we're glad he's putting out such great content for the Silver Knights this season. Dallas, thanks for your time and uh, have a good trip to Bakersfield this weekend. Yeah, we'll see you on the bus, Brian. <laughs> That's videographer Dallas Creel. And uh, again, uh, make sure you follow the Silver Knights social channels for all of his work uh, the rest of the way. And, and that barbershop video he mentioned coming up, it's going to be a good one. Well, Silver Knights fans, attention all lovebirds. Are you celebrating your 25th wedding anniversary this year? If you are, please visit hendersonsilvernights.com slash promotions and enter for your chance to win a romantic weekend and tickets to a Silver Knights home game courtesy of IGT. Again, to enter, please visit hendersonsilvernights.com slash promotions courtesy of IGT. We'll hop out. When we come back, we'll wrap things up on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. Wrapping things up on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you, Silver Knights fans and pending Vegas Nighthawks fans. Uh, we are coming to uh, crunch time if you want to apply to join the in-arena team the Nighthawks and the Silver Knights are searching for an in-arena host to amplify the in-game experience for both teams. An individual who will work alongside Bojo Aka 
uh, and other in-arena talent to create the most exciting atmosphere in the AHL and the Indoor Football League. Interested individuals must submit their completed applications prior to Tuesday, February 15th. So this coming Tuesday, you have to have those applications in. Auditions will take place on February the 17th, next Thursday. Additional information provided to those who are invited to audition. So if you want to be on the microphone at uh, the, the Dollar Loan Center for Nighthawks football and Silver Knights hockey, working alongside Bojo and the other in-arena talent, make sure you head on to hendersonsilvernights.com to find an application. Fill it out by this Tuesday, uh, and then auditions will be on Thursday. So... Time is running out. If you're interested, make sure you get on that uh, soon. Tell you what, what a uh, as as mentioned, if you're just joining us, this is a pre-recorded version of the HSK Today program because uh, we are traveling in just a little bit to head to Bakersfield, and uh, well, all the news is breaking uh, during the pre-record of this show, so it's not going to be breaking news by the time uh, you hear this, but. Well, no reason why I shouldn't address it anyway. And, uh, well, uh, first of all, some news coming down while I've been talking to myself, which is that uh, the governor of Nevada, Governor Sisolak, has supposedly, uh, I say supposedly, he has uh, lifted the mask mandates. uh, And that, of course, is going to impact the Silver Knights and Golden Knights as well. So this is a statement that was put out just a little while ago by the Silver Knights and the Golden Knights. Quote, in light of today's announcement by Governor Sisolak, the Vegas Golden Knights and Henderson Silver Knights are pleased to rescind the requirement for our guests to wear a mask at our home games, as well as at City National Arena and Lifeguard Arena. We will continue to follow the state's guidance on this issue and adjust our policies accordingly if needed. So with the removal of the mask mandate in Nevada, there are no more mask mandates at Silver Knights or Golden Knights home games. So certainly a portion of the fan base We'll be very excited for that news as we continue moving in the direction of normal. Uh, and, of course, as we mentioned, the Silver Knights only have three home games uh, in their next 12. Oh, pardon me, three, three home games in their next 15 contests. So uh, you'll have to wait a little bit to, uh, to exercise this new uh, opportunity. But nonetheless, fans can, can look forward to uh, in the months ahead. So that's news. And then uh, we, we mentioned a little bit in our first segment how for the Bakersfield Condors undergoing some changes uh, due to some of the larger changes that took place in Edmonton this morning. Dave Tippett uh, relieved of his duties by the Edmonton Oilers, so he will no longer be the coach in Edmonton. And Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the uh, Bakersfield Condors, uh, has been called up and will now serve as the head coach of the Oilers. So Woodcroft, who right now, uh, he had been with the team since uh, April of 2018. So much of their, uh, all of their success over the last several seasons, uh, including last year's Pacific Division title, have been under the guidance of Jay Woodcroft. Woodcroft goes up and his assistant coach, Dave Manson, uh, goes up with him. So Dave Manson and Jay Woodcroft both join the Oilers staff. Uh, and we were talking about, well, who's going to take over behind the bench for the Condors? That has not been specified yet, I don't think. Uh, but I believe uh, the other assistant, Colin Chalk, who joined the team uh, just this past September, uh, is a very reasonable guess of, of who might take over from, from there. And uh, as I speak with you, trying to see the, the, the Condors did, did officially put out the statement uh, just a little while ago that it would be Woodcroft and Manson both going up. Uh, I do not I do not believe they've made any kind of specification 
of whether it would be chalk or not taking over full-time behind the bench. There's no mention of that, but of course these uh, the Silver Knights and the Condors play tomorrow. So whatever the solution is going to be, it has to come quickly. Uh, but but certainly big changes in uh, Bakersfield as they are 8-1-1 in their last 10 uh, and pose certainly a strong challenge to the Silver Knights this coming weekend. Silver Knights have uh, they, they're rested. They are much closer to full strength than they have been. Certainly a possibility that we might see Leighton Ahak for the first time this season, this weekend, uh, as he has been cleared for uh, full on-ice activities. Uh, and we'll see if the Silver Knights uh, continue to get the kind of performance that they got last week from Gage Quinney. Gage Quinney, who had a four-point game against San Jose, the Second four-point game in Henderson Silver Knights history. Quinney has six points in the last five contests. That is going to do it for us on HSK Today. Special thanks to Dallas Creel, the Silver Knights videographer, for hopping on, telling us a little bit about what he does and how he got to do it. Uh, certainly keep an eye on the Silver Knights social channels in the days and weeks ahead uh, as there's more great content on the way from Dallas, especially the, the Silver Knights mini sticks video that went out last night, the mini sticks skills competition. Uh, with Paul Cutter and Ben Jones. That was a lot of fun. I recommend you check that out. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Remember the Silver Knights and Bakersfield Condors playing Friday and Saturday night, both games at 7 p.m. and both games right here on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. Have a great one, everybody.